What is up, commuters? It is that time of the day. Time for the drive home on a Monday. Connor, how you doing? I'm doing good. Back in our second week here on the podcast, we made it through one. Yeah, we how did. About that? Can't believe it. I know it. But uh, we're going to be going over a bunch of things. We got NFL, we got some college football, we got some baseball, some NBA, and the classic, world f- the world famous Kennet Five. Kennet Five. Kinnett Put some five. respect on your own name. My apologies. So we're going to go ahead and start off. We got NFL. Recap, we're just going to talk about a couple of the games that we um, didn't really see coming. The Minnesota-Detroit game, almost 1,000 yards total between both teams. Connor, did you watch that game? Um, I saw bits and pieces of it. Um, I think it it was really a lot of the identity that we, we kind of expected from Detroit that we you and I had talked about, I think, um, last Monday – and I can't remember who they played last week. Do we, who who do we De- talk about? Detroit uh, played. Oh, that was a contender Packers. pretender. That's what we. That's what we were doing on Monday. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they kind of fell in that same trap where um, Matthew Stafford, typical gunslinger self, um, hit the 40,000 40, yard career mark, which is which is a nice moment for him. But um, their leading rusher had something like sixteen yards. They, they have no Johnson, balance. Yeah, he left the game early too. Um, and and it was and it was kind of what we alluded to with Kirk Cousins as well last week, which was he's capable. And, and I think especially so when Detroit did not get him on the ground at all. And from the film that I saw, I mean, he, he could have set up a tent in the yeah. pocket. I mean, he was not, and th- and that's really what he needs to be to have success. I think, um, and, and their offensive line has kind of struggled so far this year. So we haven't seen that a lot, but I think that should give Vikings fans optimism that he can he can be that guy when he has a, a clean pocket like that. So I think that's optimistic for their offense. Now, I don't think giving up 30 points to Detroit is a good sign for their defense. No, but yeah. but uh, Marvin uh, Jones, four touchdown catches? Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. And he dropped one. He and did. he caught one a couple plays later, so it wouldn't have been five yeah. or anything like that. But, yeah. Didn't and really quite see that Talk about though. a fantasy option. Holy yeah. Lord, have mercy. Yeah. I needed, <laughs> I, needed, I needed that bad. Yeah, no kidding. But, uh. <laughs> What about the Baltimore-Seattle game? Did you see that coming? I don't think really Seattle has the 12th man home field advantage anymore. You know, it, it, was, like it. it was loud, it seemed like, on the film. But, um, man, they just couldn't get off the field on third down. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know the exact numbers of third down conversions, but it seemed like it, Baltimore had a decent amount of yardage to go on a lot of third downs, and, and they just could not contain the ground game of Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. whatsoever. And the, the, the thing is... Baltimore ended up scoring 30 points, but mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson only had 143 passing and 116 rushing with a touchdown. They they really relied on the defense, and uh, Marcus Peters, coming back to Baltimore, back where he was from, uh, had a pick six yeah. in his first, first game yeah. with the Ravens. And that, that was big for them. That changed um, changed the whole dynamic of that game because Seattle was driving, and um, they, they were going to be in control before halftime, so... Which um, is which is Russell Wilson's first interception of the yeah. year. Yeah, and and he played well beside that, but that was I mean that was just a, the linchpin of the momentum of that game and and um and yeah, were, like I said, they just I mean they just couldn't stop Lamar Jackson. It was third and third and seven, third and nine, third and twelve, third and fifteen, and and he would find a way to escape the pocket and and that's why I'm not necessarily buying Baltimore as a legitimate AFC Super Bowl contender just because they're so dependent on on him making plays on the ground and um you know. 
if you, if some get a team against him with athletic linebackers and and you can put a spy on him and keep an eye on on him every play, I'll be interested to see how he um how he reacts in the pass game to that. So that, that's kind of that's a good win for them though. That's we, a that's a tough place to play in Seattle for sure. We so. will be talking about Baltimore tomorrow on the show about if they are actually going to be contenders for AFC or if they're not going to be. But um, what about the Houston Indianapolis game? That was in their pretty close game came down to the last uh seven point game i believe it. yeah it was a seven point game and i noticed that actually um indianapolis has has every single game that they've played has been a one possession game and so i think um that speaks a little bit to that they're well coached and they're disciplined um and they, they just find ways to to stay in ball games and um i think houston's more talented probably um but that that changes the landscape of that that afc south division a little bit i mean i think um, they still th- those two teams met in the playoffs last year, which was in Indianapolis, obviously with Andrew Luck, and then um, Indianapolis won again at home. So we'll we'll see how that matchup shakes out in Houston. I, I thought the Texans were a little sloppy, like I said. Um, I think they have more play mo- playmakers on the offensive side of the ball, but and the leading rusher in that game was Marlon Mack with 44 rushing yards. Yeah, see that that's not a, that's not a recipe for success for the Colts, and and I know they won, but they do rely on the run a lot. Yeah, and, and they need Pascal. to get that going because yeah, because I mean. As, as good as Jacoby Brissett played yesterday, I don't think he's at that level that you can say we're going to rely on the pass game to have success. They're another one of those teams that really, really needs balance. Um, and, and Deshaun, sorry about that. Go ahead. No, no, you're, you're good. I was going to say Deshaun Watson, uh, his biggest target, one of his biggest targets, Will Fuller, left the game early, and, and I think they announced that he's going to be out week to week possibly now too. Yeah, and that's and that's another tough thing for them is um, obviously they have one of the best receivers in football in, in DeAndre Hopkins, but but when you take away that second option and, and the secondary can just key on, on your main guy, that makes it a lot tougher and, and you need other guys to step up around him. And um, the, yeah, they didn't, didn't quite get enough production. Their offense was okay. It was, it was decent, but um, th- they just got to get off the field and, and, and you got to think that, that they, they'd like to win that game. They'd yeah. like to have that one back. And the, did you cast the end of that Chargers and Tennessee game? I, I saw the highlights and that was it. And Unreal. Um, I saw a tweet that said something like, the Chargers find worse ways to lose every single week. Yeah, and uh, man, that was wild. If if you saw the win probability graph on that, yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was damn near a hundred percent for for LA, and then swung well, within a couple of seconds. I saw some of their players said that they thought they won the game twice because yeah, they, I saw that. technically they they did have two touchdowns yeah. that were taken back, yeah. and then Melvin Gordon, out of all players, fumbles it, which is used. I mean, he's been their guy for the last couple of years. Eckler's kind of taken over that spot. But. Yeah, and and I was surprised to, especially after Eckler had so much success earlier in the year, they're they're only twenty seventh in rush yards, um, they're and, on and the third most in pass yards. Which I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Philip Rivers, but they've got enough talent in the backfield with with Gordon and Eckler combined that they they're going to have to get that going. And um and when we, you see that in the red zone, especially yesterday, but um sitting in the bottom quarter of the league as well in, in touchdown percentage in the red zone. So um, that that's not going to get any easier with the Bears defense that they get next week in, mm-hmm. in Soldier Field. But um, they also catch the Bears at, at kind of a rough time in their season, which we're not going to get into. But no, we're not. Um, it'll, it'll kind of be a battle of, of teams looking to get up off the mat a little bit. So we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, So, yeah, who, who do you got tonight in the Monday Night Football game? We got the Patriots going to the Jets. Jets coming off a huge win versus the Cowboys last week. Patriots still undefeated. Patriots are missing, looks like Patrick Chung, Josh Gordon, two tight ends with Izzo and Lacoste, Rex Burkhead, and Michael Bennett are all going to be out tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I 
the Jets kind of punched the Cowboys in the mouth last week at the beginning of that game, and and still the Cowboys had a had a fighting chance to come back and, and win that game. And um, man, the Patriots' defense is just so good, and that hasn't been their it's been solid. It's been their identity for a while that they have a, a defense that's good enough, and they let the offense take over. And it's kind of the opposite this year. They've they've got a defense that are anchoring them to wins, and the offense has just been kind of getting them by. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we'll see how that kind of shakes out because I mean they're they're six and zero. But this might be the best offense that they've seen because they played the Steelers the first week. I'm I'm aware, but and that that offense has kind of been struggling yeah, all year too. And, and obviously that was a couple of quarterbacks ago for them. But mm-hmm. um, the first time they played the Jets, Darnold was out. Um, they played Miami, who is just a dumpster fire. Buffalo gave them a good game. Buffalo is, is a good team, but doesn't have a good offense. Yeah. And so we'll see. Um, uh, yeah, well, I, I think if if. The Jets get down early. I think they might be in for a long night, but you got to think they have some hope after what they did last week, too. I think Darnold, I think he's giving them hope. He, he is announcing, like he said, with the return of Chris, I, I can't pronounce his, uh, his tight end's name, Chris Herndon. Herndon. Yeah. He, he said with the return of him that they actually are going to be a contender. Yeah. And, and I mean, we saw shades of him taking steps last year and, and since his return this year um, into kind of transitioning that offense from what has in the past been been pretty pretty dismal really and he Um, has the weapons too yeah so we'll see i mean that's 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 a tough benchmark going up against that defense that i mean has been nothing short of dominant so far and Mm -hmm. i realize they haven't played much competition but yeah i'm interested to see how that goes um i think gone to my head i'd probably take the patriots to cover but minus 10 nothing's no no guarantees and especially in divisional games in the nfl so yeah so we're going to turn back time and go back to saturday we had a bunch of games college football games wisconsin with a huge loss to illinois which is super surprising that was a shocker just looking at the total yards in that game wisconsin out uh let's see they had 420 uh, total yards illinois only had 315 Mm. illinois stole it from Mm. them Mm mm-hmm did you watch any of that game? Um, I saw bits and pieces of that as well, just because kind of the affiliation to Illinois that we both have. Yeah. Um, Thirty and a half point underdog Illinois was. Yeah. And that's that, I remember that's like the second biggest upset in the past decade, or or in the Big Ten, maybe something like that, something around that neighborhood. Um, yeah. That's a good win for Lovey Smith um, in a program that really desperately needed Huge, it. Yeah, they, they needed um, it because he was. I mean, if they if they have another two, three, four win season, I mean how long is the leash for him yeah. I, don't, I don't know but that i mean to have the number six team in the country come to champagne and get beat is big and and i think it kind of prototypes out well for them because um wisconsin is is very good but they're not built to to blow out teams necessarily mm-hmm. um they have the one of the better rushing games in the country one of the best offensive lines in the country but um their offense is predicated on long drives feed and taylor um and and they they let Illinois stay too close and and a couple uh, bad turnovers at the end kind of kind of bit him in the ass a little bit. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's quite the significance as Appalachian State versus Michigan, no. obviously. But it was, I mean, like you said, I mean, that, it's a that's huge a huge win yeah, for the Yeah, but um, um, so we'll, we'll 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 see how. Um, I don't know. Who, do you know who Illinois plays next week? I'm not sure. I can check real quick. Uh, I, I'll be interested to see how they respond after that. If um, looks like next week they got to go to Purdue. So and Purdue's been struggling they, as well. And then they, they host Rutgers back to back after and, that. And so. Rutgers is just plain awful. So, so if you if they can f- string some wins together, we might start to see some change at that program. But I'm 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 not, not ready to yeah. yeah I'm not ready to write that yet. But um, 
Yeah, let's talk about Alabama because let's talk about the bottom of the barrel, which is Illinois, and, and then we'll go to the top of the barrel, as it were, in Alabama. So, uh, yeah, uh, Tua ended up leaving the game. I, what quarter was that in that he left the game? Um, I think it was late second. Late second, because, almost third, yeah. Yeah, because he was uh, – yeah, and, and they were not dominating that game at the mm-hmm. time, and he had made a real bad mistake on the goal line and and kind of let Tennessee walk down the field after a big interception return and, and – tie that game at 7-7 when it looked for sure like it was going to be 14-0 but um I think we learned a little bit about Alabama on Saturday um in the past their their archetype as a team has been elite running back play um you talk about Mark Ingram Trent Richardson Derrick Henry Eddie Lacy I mean the list goes on and on they're just like RBU yeah um and that's not necessarily the case last year I mean I know they've got talent Najee Harris is a good runner Mm -hmm. um but their offensive line isn't as good as it has been. And I, and I think we saw um, a little bit how one-dimensional they've kind of become be, being accustomed to the arm talent of Tua. Um, and, and I mean, you, did you, they, they have Arkansas next week. They do which have is, Arkansas. Which is fortunate in the scheduling for them because um, Tua had an- high ankle surgery already. Yeah. Um, talking about... I saw headlines that said Nick Saban said, oh, there's no timetable, this and that. Well, I can tell you what the timetable is. He's not going to play against Arkansas because they're pretty sure that they can win, which I'm pretty sure as well. well. Yeah. But then... Um, And then they get a bye week. Yes. And then the the first Saturday in November is LSU, who's now number two in the country, comes to Tuscaloosa. So here's here's what the timetable is, I'll tell you. Two is not going to play next week. If he can stand, he's going to play against LSU because that, I mean... It's basically a de facto. It's, it's a playoff game. Essentially, yeah. you have number one, number two in the country. You get the inside track for the SEC West. I mean, that's that's essentially punching your ticket unless something goes say, drastically like, wrong. I would think that the loser of that game could drop out easily of yeah playoff. I line. mean, yeah. And LSU, man, LSU has looked real good. They have. We're gonna go ahead and transition actually into that. But uh, we got the Heisman uh, race going now, and uh, Burrow is a. Uh, clear favorite at this point i wouldn't say clear favorite but he's but he's, the, odd, he's the odds on favorite yeah. as of now opened up at 200 to one at the beginning of the season yeah we got Tua in second hurts in third and fields in fourth who's your favorite to win the heisman this year um i think it depends on how that game in tuscaloosa goes um here here's my kind of decision is is this um, if LSU goes in and wins that game, and assuming that they they go on to make the playoff, I don't see how it couldn't it could possibly not be Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. um, just because a lot of that that narrative that comes along with LSU for so long was a defensive school for so long they struggled to throw the ball, and and to come in and have sort of a renaissance in their air attack, I mean that narrative does nothing but help him, especially if they go undefeated. Mm-hmm. If Alabama wins that game, um, I think I take Jalen Hurts because um, Tua will have missed this game against Arkansas. He has already missed several fourth quarters, which has been a bane for their Heisman candidacy in the past, is that they just don't play in blowouts. Yeah. And Oklahoma isn't really built to to blow people out because their defense, I mean, they're, they're in the Big 12 where everybody has a good offense. So they win games like 56-31 where you need, and I know he's, he's sat several fourth quarters already, but their schedule, their, their uh, out-of-conference schedule was pretty soft. I would say that the odd man out of this is definitely Josh Fields because he, he has I think it's four- Justin Fields. Justin Fields, my apologies. <laughs> he has fourteen. He has fourteen hundred. Uh, the odd man out is Josh Fields, my player apologies. to be named later. 
he has fourteen hundred passing yards, twenty two touchdowns. He has ran for two hundred ninety one yards and eight touchdowns. But I would say that out of all the, those four I listed, that he's by far the the worst. Yeah, I mean, it's just a virtue of being the best player on on a really good team. Um, you know, Ohio State is is undefeated, and so. I mean, perennially, when you have an, an undefeated team at this point in the season, Everyone you take has. their best player mm-hmm. and they become a Heisman candidate. That's just how how college football has always worked. Um, but I, I mean, as far as arm talent goes, and, and and just general offensive talent, yeah, I think he's a he's a clear fourth place right now between those three. So, uh, who who are you picking? You, you didn't you never did tell me. Um, you can't really go wrong with any of them. Yeah. Uh, but Hurts, he's he's shown me like I like how as soon as the game gets over, he is grinding back in the gym have you ever seen those videos of yeah him? well i mean he was i mean that was one of his big things when he was the starter at alabama was i mean he was setting weightlifting mm-hmm. records i mean he is a tank and the thing that always set him back at alabama as far as heisman candidacy was concerned was um he looked a little a little jumpy in the pocket he, he relied on his legs a little bit too much and he didn't have the polished arm that i think he does now now he might be helped by by Oklahoma's scheme and Oklahoma having great weapons mm-hmm. on the outside. Um, but he still had amazing wide receivers at Bama. Yeah, he did. All, but all but I mean, uh, going through a litany of offensive coordinators, um, Lane Kiffin was there who was a, a lot of screens and, and underneath throws, and, and it wasn't really conducive to him um, being a true Heisman candidate. Like mm-hmm. I said, you kind of back into it being the best te- best player on a good team. Um but yeah, he's. I mean, I I think he's taking a clear step at Oklahoma, which because they 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 always rely on the offense. They they really yeah. just try to outscore the opponent compared to beat them with defense yeah. as well. Yeah. So I so would, that I mean, it, it plays into a, a Heisman hopeful for yeah. sure, and that's so, why they they've had the last two Oklahoma quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and um, Kyler Murray. So, so. You're sk- so you're skipping on two of them. You're saying Burrow. Yeah, two is not going to win it, and, and especially with this injury. Yeah, and that's a lot of it. I mean, do I, I don't if we're talking about talent level. I would probably take two over those three, but mm-hmm. just the nature of the the award. Because he always plays the first half, yeah. usually, and then yeah. just because they're, so, they're yeah. blowing him out right. so much. And but they've and they've got a non conference game in November as well. So I mean, it's one of those things where where other guys are. I mean, take Big Twelve, where you know they play conference games mm-hmm. pretty much throughout the remainder of the year. Um, they have more opportunities to kind of ascend to the top of those rankings, and 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 to a kind of has a cupcake like that. So, yeah. Um, that's kind of where I stand. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Joe Burrow, and I don't want LSU to to go into Tuscaloosa and win, obviously. Yeah. But um, man, he's playing out of his mind. He is. There's no doubt about that. That offense has has become completely resurgent. It's 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 really incredible to see. So let's transition to MLB. the The two teams that we did predict to be in the World Series are yeah. in the World Series. Yeah. And uh, well, I'm just I'm just kind of curious on on who. You, I know you already said that the Ashes you predicted them to win. Yeah. And how many games do you see them winning it? Um, I, I, I put down six. Um, I think the Astros are clearly the better team, but, um, the Nationals certainly have the starting rotation to steal a couple games, mm-hmm. but it's so hard to win in Houston, man. They, they, their home record was just, I mean, they won something like 60 games at home. I mean, that's that, I mean, it's just so hard to win, especially against those calibers of starting pitching. And, and I know they don't have a fourth starter. I know they may have a bullpen game like they did in, in what was that game? six of the ALCS they had mm-hmm. a bullpen game yeah but I mean that big I mean that big three and, and the Nationals have a good big three too you, I mean Scherzer Verlander and, and Patrick Corbin stack up decently well but 
one of the notes that I have listed is is if Washington's going to make a push, um, they need to get a lot out of out of Patrick Corbin, which they haven't yet. Yeah, and they need to get continued production from Anibal Sanchez, yeah, which well, is asking a lot. But here's a little fun fact that I actually found today. So it says for the first time since 1945, six of the top 20 pitchers in ERA in the World Series playing this year. We got Cole Verlander, Scherzer, Grinky, Corbin, and Strasburg all ranked in the top 16. Yeah, I first mean, time. It, yeah. I mean, it it is unprecedented how how many top tier arms are in are going to be in the World Series this year. But I mean, it speaks to how important starting pitching is for for postseason success. Yeah, I mean, we saw a Yankees team that has had rotation injuries and struggles all year, and and kind of powered their way to. I, I was never really under the impression that they were going to win, just because you turn around and, and look at a pitching matchup on any given day, and they just seem overmatched every single day. Mm-hmm. And so they have to, you know, kind of pull the chestnuts out of the fire four times, and it just seems like all order against that rotation, which is why I'm I'm, I'm going with the Astros and six. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think the Astros, just because they have the better bullpen, I think that's by far. That's been, that's huge, too. Because the yeah. Nationals, if it comes down to a one-run game in the ninth, who are you going to go with? Are you going to go with Doolittle? Is he going to give you two innings like he has been the last couple of games versus Cardinals? Yeah, I mean, I think you talk about regression of the mean. I think the rabbit's foot's going to run out eventually because yeah. they've they've – severely overperformed in the playoffs given their regular season performance so mm-hmm. um I mean, if they can continue to to play above what they showed through the 162 game regular season more power to them it might be more competitive than i think but yeah that's another huge plus yeah. in the astros column so so another big news um and then we'll be today cc sabathia has announced that he's retiring yeah uh let me get the, some numbers on him like, real quick he had 251 career wins 374 average or ERA. Sorry. Um, do you think he is a Hall of Famer? A lock? Would you say he's a lock for Hall of Famer? I wouldn't Famer? say he's a lock. Um, First ballot also, do you no, think? No, 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 no. No, no. Um, Just the fact that he's he's been playing since 2001 with Cleveland. He came up as a 20-year-old. Yeah. In his, in his rookie year, he, had, he went 17-5. and five. Yeah. I mean, no, he's been he's been great. Um, I think he will make the Hall of Fame. I think first ballot is is – pretty ambitious mm-hmm. um and he doesn't he had a real a couple rough years in in new york um like 2014 2015 somewhere around there he had a, when he was struggling mm. with alcohol abuse i think yeah 2014 he um, went three and four 15 he went six and ten yeah so he had a nice resurgence yeah. when a lot of people thought his career might be over and um his longevity is certainly one of the reasons that i think he will stay on the ballot for a while. And I think he eventually gets in at um, some point. Yeah. But he's not a, he's not a big analytics guy. He did. He, I mean, he, he got over 3000 strikeouts, which is a nice number mm-hmm. and, and hall of fame voters. I mean, let's face it. They like nice numbers like that. Yeah. We've heard so many times, 300 wins, 500 home runs, you know, gets you, gets you into the hall of fame. That's what the narrative before steroids was for a mm-hmm. long time. Um, that one year, uh, as a Cub fan, that one year in 08, whenever he went 11 and two for the Brewers, I was I, was, I just remember that year. It, it stuck out to me. I mean, he right had he, he had stra- he had stretches of dominance, mm-hmm. um, and I think, as, and, and that's what that's part of the reason why I think um, his he, he didn't ha- he never had a great peak. I think he won one Cy Young, but he was never. Um, you talk about like a Max Scherzer. He yeah. was never that prototype of pitcher where. Um, Yes, he was the ace of the staff, but mm-hmm. he wasn't an automatic win like like some pitchers we see nowadays. But I mean, if you look at complete game numbers from when his career started in two thousand one to now, I mean, starting starting pitchers don't have that kind of longevity anymore. 
Yeah. So especially as, as more and more years pass where we start to see maybe teams go to the opener, um, maybe starting pitchers that, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure we're going to see another 300-game winner. No. And you have, have 38 total complete games. Yeah. It's and so, unreal. I mean, th- those are the types of numbers that I think start to look a little bit better with time. And I know we're trending towards a more analytical, you know, baseball evaluation of players. And that's great. And I love analytics too. But, I mean, you talk about a guy that just eats innings yeah. for, for almost 20 years. I think that's worth something. Yeah. So, I, I have him in. I have, I have him in as well. I, I I just don't think you can leave him out just for the fact that everything you listed and there has been years where he's gone six and 10, but there's also years where he's gone 18 and seven. And I feel like, yeah, I think that Cy Young in, I think it was Oh seven is, is big. I think that's a nice benchmark. And in that, in that year with the, the Brewers, when he went 11 and two, he had a 1.65 ERA for Damn. the whole year. So, yeah, but, um, moving to the hard court, Zion Williamson, there is news that he ha- went underwent surgery today for a torn meniscus out six to eight weeks, possibly. Yeah. It's just shades of Derrick Rose. What do you, what do you think? Do you think this is going to affect his career? Um, it's hard not to. Yeah. Um, and, and we've seen it, meniscus injuries really derail some, I mean, you, you mentioned Derrick Rose. I know Dwayne Wade had a meniscus out and, and he lost some explosiveness. So obviously along with old age, kind of doing it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jimmy Butler might have had a meniscus issue, and he's kind of he did too. He's so I mean, it's hit or miss on on those, and I don't know what the surgery was because I remember reading when Derrick Rose was going through it that you could either have the meniscus taken out, or yeah, which is, is bad for longevity, but yeah. is a faster Quick healing return. time. Yeah. So I, I I never I didn't see the details of the surgery. I don't know if you did. No, I didn't either. But uh, but he's a big boy. Yeah, that's what I was talking about with Kyle on Friday. But the fact that he's two hundred and ninety five pounds. Yeah. I, I mean, just he's got to sli- he's got to slim down. Yeah, because nineteen you know, years old. Yeah, and and he's never played a season like an NBA season. I mean, you could go all the way to grind. you could go all the way to the championship at Duke and only play thirty five, forty games. Yeah, he plays that and for All Star break. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be he needs to yeah he needs to get he conditioned. Is, but I mean, he's obviously otherworldly talented, and I'm I mean I'm hopeful that he just becomes who we thought he would be because I think the NBA would be worse off if he wasn't, yeah. if he became a, a Greg Oden or Brandon Roy type. I'm sure he'll get the Joel Embiid treatment now. With, I think even yeah. before I mean, this injury, yeah. before this injury, he was probably going to get oh, rested yeah. a lot. Yeah. I mean, that's their, that's their pride. That's position. their guy. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Um, lots of extensions today, yeah. uh, apart from the, the medical news. Um, what the, lots of four year extensions, a lot too. of four years, kind yeah. of clogging up the free agent market a little bit. Um, the one that surprised me the most, and I'll and I'll ask you what surprised you the most, was Jalen Brown at at four years, almost thirty million a year. Yeah. Um. And and I heard that he's he's tight with Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge really likes his his character. He's you know one of those guys that's first in the gym, last to leave. Is is in the year of of um of front office staff asking what he can do better. But he, I mean, in my mind, that's not a guy that's given you thirty million dollars worth of production. Now I know he's supposed to take a leap, and man, that's a, that's a that's a big number to live up to. Because if he doesn't play well out of the gate, he's. I mean, I feel like it had to. I feel like the fact that they didn't re-sign Kyrie or Horford, I think that had to play into it. The fact that they had money to spend and they wanted to make him their guy for a couple of years now. Yeah, I buy that, but I I just I haven't seen enough of out of him personally to warrant that kind of money. And and do I think he can grow into that kind of player? Sure. Do you remember that series a couple years ago versus the Cavaliers? Whenever 
uh, Gordon Hayward was out, and then Kyrie Irving ended up getting oh, hurt, yeah. and then I think he it was Jason Tatum yeah. and Jalen Brown. They they basically carried the Celtics to to, to almost seven games. Yeah. yeah, they almost went to the finals. So and well, and then and then that but that was two years ago. Yeah, and last year he didn't didn't really do. People thought he were going to take the leap, and they were like, "Wow, we might have." You know the up and coming Boston Celtic yeah. core, which was which was Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. So they must really still have a belief that that's going to be the case. Which more power to them. But for me, um, whatever that shakes out, twenty nine million a year, I'm I'm I would have been way under that if I was Danny Ainge. What about Buddy Heald getting four year ninety four from the Kings? Um, I kind of like that actually. You do? Yeah. Um, here's my thing. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, no, go go I ahead. I was just to say, here's my thing. Last year he averaged twenty point seven a game for the Kings. Year before that, thirteen point five, huge, huge jump in yep. production. But I mean, ninety four million is a lot. That's, that's a lot of money. I mean, the, the the landscape of the NBA, as far as contracts is concerned, has changed from within the past five and ten years because that cap went way up, and we saw all mm-hmm. those free agent contracts go to the moon. Um, but I think, you know, Sacramento is one of those teams that they're not ever going to attract a lot of free agents. In fact, I yeah. think somebody, in fact, it might've been Buddy Heald that said that a couple of days ago in the media. It's like, who's come to Sacramento? Yeah. And and he's right. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to pay who you have. And so I, I, I like them kind of making that investment because um, like you said, he kind of did take the leap a little bit last year. They've got a nice core with De'Aaron Fox and Marvin Bagley. So i um, interested to see how they, they shake. I, I got them kind of about 500 this year. Yeah. It might be challenging for that bottom bottom spot in the West, but there's there's just too much depth. I remember Draymond Green last year said that they're by far the quickest and fastest team, like up and down the court. Yeah, they'll they, run you out of the gym. Yeah, oh yeah, I mean, 130, 140 points was not uncommon for them, which is crazy that we're in that state of an NBA. But um, yeah, so were you surprised by that? Sabonis, so I know he got paid pretty well. Um, I can't remember the other name. There was another name that got paid, but out of all the names, I mean, Buddy Hield, he has. I remember watching him play at Oklahoma, and he was he was lights out. Yeah, he's he, dynamic. He, um, I, I like I like I think I like the fact that it is going to be building around a young core with De'Aaron Fox and with uh, some of the other big names that they have. They got rid of they Kelly got, Stein. They still got Bagley. Still got Bagley. Um, they, they got um, I can't. Think they got of. one of the Bogdanoviches, right? Yeah, Bogdan. They, yeah. So um, I do like. I mean, it, it's a youth movement, and I feel like that's going to be key and i feel like he does make sense but it's just the fact that they how much they gave him I yeah guess, but. i mean it's i mean it's only gonna get worse as we yeah. go you know 2019 is we're gonna look back and when we're in 2024 we're gonna look back and be like man those contracts were crazy cheap yeah no and it's just gonna keep trending that way um so that it for hardwood news for you a little fun That's fact though his his buddy Heald's actual name is chavano rayner buddy field buddy buddy Heald. buddy field chavano rayner Buddy Field. No. <laughs> no, that's funny. I actually, for some reason, thought his real name was Buddy. <laughs> I don't know. Little, I don't know why I thought that. That is a, little a, that is a fun little fact. Um, let's wrap up the show, shall we? The the world famous. Can we get a drum roll? I can't. Yeah, there we go. It's good at five. <laughs> um, so we went through uh, all thirty home run leaders. You split those. Mm-hmm. Got the NL, which I figured you would. Didn't get the AL, which I didn't think you might yeah. because that was going to be hard. Um, so we, we purposefully scheduled that NBA news right at the end because we're going to, we're going to make this the first, uh, first NBA edition oh boy. of Kinet five and, um, almost the same rules as last time. We're going to have 15 questions. Y- you can't miss three, mm-hmm. three strikes and you're out. Um, there's going to be a strict five minute time limit. When I say go, I have it on my phone. Um, today's topic is for all 15 teams in the NBA's Eastern conference. Mm-hmm. 
Name the win total as put forth by generic sportsbook Bovada. Mm-hmm. Projected for the 2019-20 season. And you have to be plus or minus five. If you are not plus or minus five with your one guess, that is a strike. You need to get 13 out of 15. We're going to start in the Central Division. We always start with our hometown boys. Let's go with the Bulls. Uh, I do. I mean, I can see them being at 37. 30, I'll go 37. Uh, yeah, they're listed at 33 and a half, and, and I'm with you. I'm, I could definitely see them going over. So one for one, good start. Um, let's go Let's go to the basement. Let's go with Cleveland. Cleveland. Uh, I can see them not giving it a lot. I can see them decent. I can see uh, 26. 20, 26. 24 and a half. 24 and a half. Well done. Um, kind of right on the mark there. Um, Detroit. That's uh, tough. That is... Um, I think they haven't been as a playoff, and we, we did go over the fact the Bulls was at 30, you said 35, four and a half. I'm going to go 38 and a half. 37 and a half. Wow. Well done indeed. And I did not cheat on I'm that thinking that promise. plus or minus five might be a little generous for you. We'll see. Maybe when we do the West, I'll have to bump that number down a little bit. We're, we're only 50 seconds in, plenty of time left. Uh, two teams left in the division. Let's go with Indiana. Indiana, they got to be more than that. I would mm-hmm. say 45. 46 and a half. Wow. And Ryan doesn't gamble, by the way. Oh, hush. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, a joke. uh, The the perennial Central Division favorite these days would be the Greek freak Giannis and his Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, They got to be 62. Bumping right up on that ceiling. 57 and a half. With, With just half a win to spare. You go five for five. Run the Central Division. Looking like we're in good shape. Let's go to what I think to be the Atlantic. I can't remember what the other division. Yeah, I think it's the Atlantic, which would be um, Boston, Boston Celtics. Uh, you just said, f- so I'm going to go 48, 47, 47. There's 48. Take me out of it. 40. I'm, go so, I'm still going to go 47. It's 48 and a half. I was hoping you oh. would. Um, I was it. hoping you'd be right on there. So uh, six for six. Um, we're only two minutes in. Plenty of time. Um, Brooklyn. No KD this year, remember. No KD. Um 45 uh that would be 43 and a half you are seven for seven halfway home basically the knickerbockers of new york Uh, i can see them giving them high i can see them give them low um i'm gonna go 32 26.5 and that is a margin of five and a half and that is strike number one oh boy so seven 20, of eight so wait, far. What was the number? Twenty five and a half. Twenty six and a half. Jeez. Yeah. No love for no love for RJ Barrett. Um, let's go with uh, your your representative in the East, uh, which is Philly. Uh, they got to be fifty seven. Fifty four and a half. That's well within our range here. And the uh, defending champion Raptors to wrap up the Atlantic. Um, they got to take away some with losing Leonard. I'm gonna go forty nine. 46 and a half. All right. Um, love so that five point. We've love, got love that five cushion. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it might be three tomorrow. We'll fair see. Enough, fair enough. Uh, two minutes to go here. Five teams left. You got, you're got you sitting on one strike, so you're in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, the the Atlanta Hawks, who are, are difficult to peg this year. Interested to see what you say here. Um, I can see them be improving. from. I, I feel like they're around the bowls, so I'm going to go 34. It is exactly 34. Wow. So, Wow. Sign this guy up. And, and again, I want to stress to everybody, Ryan would never, ever place a bet, ever. <laughs> Just so you guys, you the listeners know. 
Um, I might be taking all these tonight. <laughs> uh, Charlotte. Charlotte. Oh, boy. They're the, they got to go 26. 23 and a half. Plenty of room there. There's three teams left. You cannot miss two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami. Miami Heat. The, the fighting Jimmy Butlers. 43. <laughs> 43 and a half. I am. He is on taking one. Taking all these tonight. A heater. Um, so we got two teams left. We got a minute. So the, the time restriction not going to come into play. Mm-hmm. No pressure. You cannot miss both of these. Fair enough. And you'll go to two and one in the very famous Connect Five. Very famous. Who do you want first? Orlando or Washington? <gasps> Give me Washington. Let's do Washington. They got to be down there. 30. 27. Boom, so baby. confirmed winner. Give me the magic. Just for, for fun. Let's do the magic. Magic for 43. 41 and a half. Boom. Right in there. So New York, man, you almost ran the table. The Knicks. You side. didn't run the table in the, in the National League for home runs either. So still waiting for that elusive. I'm going to put that in my notes. I'm going to change this to two and one. And I'm going to put zero table runnings. Fair enough. <laughs> That's what I'm going to put. Well done. Um, yeah, I might bump that down to three tomorrow for the West. Make it a little harder on you. I don't want you to bring it. You know, you're going to get a little too big for your britches. You know, you keep I feel like the West these. is going to be more difficult. Cause yeah, the West is, is yeah, it's deep. And um, I might, might break that in half and go four. Give me a four-game spread. So not five, not three. Yeah, maybe buy we'll me see. lunch. I'll give you four. Fair enough. <laughs> That's it. That's it for us, yeah? Yeah. Uh, we'll be back on the air uh, tomorrow. And my final broadcast of the week. I'm a Monday, Tuesday man myself. And... Man, Ryan is just the everyday guy. You gotta love it. Look at the dedication. Except for, except for Thursday, still not haven't found a Thursday person. If you if you're interested in Thursday, oh yeah, hit hit the line. <laughs> I'll drop by the studio. I'll talk to you guys <laughs> later. Have a good one.